Hey, what up, man? How you doing? Yo, is that is that is that little Jay in the background making a special appearance on the podcast? As always. Did I tell you what this kid did last night? <laughs> what happened? So um he we were ordering food from uh Grubhub and he wanted pizza. Shout out to Grubhub. Shout out to Grubhub, yeah. Can we can you give that sponsorship money? No, please give me a discount at least. God damn. Um <laughs> so he, he wants pizza. He always wants pizza. He's my son. My favorite food is pizza, and um I didn't feel like having pizza, so I told him all the pizza stores are closed. They ran out of pizza. And this kid sucks his teeth. He turns around and he looks at me and he's like, you know, the pizza stores aren't closed. And I was just like, wow, like you're a little disrespectful with the teeth sucking, but um, you caught me in my lie and you're, you're about to be three. That's pretty impressive. So he, he might be a lawyer. I don't know. Wow. I kind of, I kind of rooting for your son right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I don't want to call your son an asshole, but that's kind of a little asshole move. Like, it's genetic. You need to I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> I'll wear that. <laughs> he is his father's son. <laughs> Welcome to Microaggressive. Two friends, two coasts, too much to talk about. BG in San Francisco. It's Jay from BK. some barbecue yesterday and i wanted some fried pickles because i've tried those once or twice they're not bad they tried to charge me 12 dollars for some fried pickles why is the french fries 4.99 and the <laughs> fried pickles like 12 dollars i don't get that artisan handmade <laughs> you can get a pickle for a dollar and those little bags remember those bags from the corner store the bodegas they had the big the big vat of pickles and they would just put it in a brown paper bag or you get the, the pre-packaged ones. I never understood that. It just felt weird to me. I got the pre-packaged ones. It's yeah. to kill it. Yeah, I never I never wanted something that was in a vat sitting in a bodega. So bodegas were not places to buy anything fresh. The, the meat cat's was... playground. That's called <laughs> bodegas. The cats were always around. The meat in the meat case looked different colors of the rainbow. <laughs> except the color was supposed to be um and then there was like the few i would only get like sandwiches or like uh bacon egg and cheese from a bodega where you could see the back you know what i mean like see where the back you had a back in your bodega no <laughs> no no you, you had some corner <laughs> you know how sometimes the counter was mad high and you couldn't see what they was preparing it on? Oh, okay, okay. I yeah, you. I would only buy it if like that counter was low enough. I could see what the hell was going on back there. I thought you meant they had a legit back room. I'm like, what bodega are you eating at? That's crazy. Oh, like like with, with tables in the cafe? <laughs> yeah, like a back with the waiters and everything chopping. That's how you turn a bodega into a hipster restaurant. You just put like a folding table and <laughs> and then you like change the name. You put an accent mark over something. <laughs> the new brooklyn oh, oh speak. speaking of the new brooklyn <laughs> you just reminded me when you said that so there's a place in bushwick it's a startup uh, where they're offering uh, no 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 so listen to the premise i know um, but it's my old it's my old i know i know uh. <laughs> so it's a startup where basically um i don't want to name the name but it's a bag free grocery delivery service where you order this organic food 
They pick it up, they put it in a burlap sack, they bring it over to you, but they can't use cars, so they use bikes. So the whole thing is uh, zero carbon emissions. But it's based out of Brooklyn. It is positive, but it's- Are they Amish? No, no. (laughs) They're pretentious. They are. It's like, on the horse and buggy, we'll give you your artisan pickles. No, I saw, you know, so I actually was, I've been in this rabbit hole recently. So when I was a kid, you know, I think when we were younger, that was when like recycling and all that stuff was getting big. And mm-hmm. I remember I, I, I went hard on like the don't be a litter bug stuff. I was mm-hmm. on like in my elementary school, we like won some, I don't know, like some contest or whatever. We got to go to City Hall and like meet the sanitation commissioner. I remember mom buying me like a new suit from Burlington Co. Factory or some shit. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> I remember I had a Mets hat. And I remember my teacher, like we went by school before we went to City Hall. And my teacher was like, you're going to take off the Mets hat before you go why? to City Hall, right? And I was like, no. Why? Yeah. Why would I do that? And she just like shook her head and was like, these children. <laughs> um, There's a lot of judgment. I knew I knew in third grade that there was judgment in those eyes. Um, so anyway, yeah, I was like, I remember yelling at my pops when he used to throw stuff out the window in the car and be like, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> He'd look at me like, damn kid. Um <laughs> Anyway, so recently I've been on this like, I don't know, some rabbit hole about like recycling and like basically how we're like, we're all fucked. We already knew that. Mm -hmm. But like everything we throw out in recycling, like most, a lot of it still goes into regular trash because like we don't clean the shit out and it's like oily and all that stuff. And then like China used to like buy all our recycling and now they're like, nah, fuck y'all. We're not buying your recycling. Mm -hmm. Like, ah, shit. Mm -hmm. So. Go on this rabbit hole. Somehow I come across this article or something that talks about this company based in Brooklyn, which sells like all these different biodegradable products. Because one of the arguments is, it's not that people want to be like litterers and assholes. It's like, we can't buy shit that isn't bad for the environment because they only sell you like stupid stuff, like with mad plastic. Um, So (laughs) this is going to be a wild turn uh, Mm -hmm. story, but um. So they sell like hairbrushes that are biodegradable, all this stuff. They also sell a $15 adult toy that is biodegradable. Really? A $15 biodegradable vibrator. Hmm. Yeah. So, and they were like, and so I, I showed it to somebody. They were like, how's that? Bi- what, what about the batteries? And then they tell you, they're like, when disposing, take the battery case out and then recycle that because that's made of metal. So I'm like, so this thing is like just biodegradable and like unpackable. Like you could like rip it apart at some point. Yeah. So I'm not, I haven't been in the market for one of these items. <laughs> I, I think $15 is a very low price point. I, I feel that like that's the long. first. I feel that like that's the long. first <laughs> suspect thing. <laughs> <laughs> they say you get what you pay for. So apparently, it's all about the rebrand. You can rebrand anything and then resell it. I was thinking about um, coffee enemas. They talk about coffee enemas. They're really popular. I don't know why. My thing is going to be an oral coffee enema. So I send them a bag of coffee grounds. I tell them to uh, steep it in hot water for a couple of minutes, drink it, and then within an hour. They'll cleanse their bowels. Um, basically selling them a cup of coffee, but I want to repackage and charge them like $15 <laughs> <laughs> per serving. 
You got Wait, the did you, did you just like curse Puffy under your breath? Are you I that did. angry? And I'll tell you why. So um, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, he came out with this thing that was on social media. He was talking to the black community. He was saying, oh, we need to support black businesses, um, support black companies, da 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 Whole time he's wearing a shirt that is not black owned for a fashion company that's doing pretty well right now without the support of black people. But it seemed real hypocritical with that story and the whole Surratt story how he tries to direct the audience to products that are not really uplifting our community. He's just trying to make Lying money his off pockets. Of huh? Exactly. So he black um, owned is a marketing black owned is a marketing campaign. And like is. I mean that like dead ass. Like even back in the day when it was like Black Wall Street and like they wouldn't sell us shit. Yeah. Um it's the same thing as like made in America, like America first and all this Trump mm-hmm. shit, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like Oh, I want to support this brand. I want to be biodegradable. I want to be zero carbon emission. I want to support this community. Fair trade, organic, black owned. It's all the same shit, you know? Didn't, does he still have that fashion label? Because that was my question. How come you're not wearing your fashion in the video you're telling, you to tell people to support? So here's the shit about like all that stuff. Like yeah. FUBU, Sean John, Iceberg, they all got bought by this big... Um, like fashion conglomerate. Mm-hmm. So it's like, this is why I know way too much about this type of bullshit. But, um, so like, <laughs> this is like some, like the Illuminati controls everything, mm-hmm. but they do. Um, but there's only like a few companies that like own everything. Right. So on luxury goods, it's like LVMH, Louis Vuitton, Moet Hennessy mm-hmm. own like a shitload of luxury brands. Right. And like, there's another big conglomerate on like the low end. There's like a other conglomerate. So like VF corporation, vanity fair, they bought Timberland. They bought North Face. They bought um, Jansport. They own Champion. They own like Hanes. They own like all these brands, right? So there was one that was started to buy up all these like urban streetwear ba- brands. Like, was this so Sean John? Okay, keep going. Yeah, no, I don't think it's Supreme. Supreme okay. is just on that bullshit. Um, so it's like they bought up Sean John. They bought up Fubu. I might begin some of this wrong. Um, like Iceberg. Remember Iceberg back in the day? I, yeah, um, unfortunately, I have yeah. one iceberg shirt that I will always regret to sit in my closet now. Years later, just uh, mock. Why do you me. still have? Why do you still have twenty year old clothing, dude? So, hey, do you want to hear the story real quick? How do you not? Per- Did yeah, I tell we got to get or... you on some Marie. No, 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 some Marie Kondo. Listen to this. So, I don't support any brands, even when I was a kid. Maybe Cross Colors when I was younger, because that was kind of hot. But um, iceberg came around. <laughs> cross when... Colors. Wait, 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 let's pause. I know it's Black History Month, but Cross Colors was not hot. Cross Colors back in the day. Shout out to In Living Color, who made it popular. It was hot. Um, But fast forward to around the time that, um, what was it? Uh, Jay-Z Volume 2 came out. Iceberg was the big thing. So at that point, Mm -hmm. I guess my my pubescent fashion cravings peaked. And I decided I have to have an Iceberg shirt. So I um, got to Eastern Parkway one day. And I don't know why. This is (laughs) embarrassing to say. I saw this guy. He was selling a goofy iceberg shirt. The, the setting, the printing was a little off, but in my eyes, like that was an iceberg shirt. And it was a crazy deal. It was $60. Went home, didn't have $60. Borrowed some money, came back, bought the shirt, felt like a G. As soon as I walked through my door and put it on, I was like, damn, I got got. Like, this is a bootleg shirt. I knew I got taken. I couldn't get my money back. So then I decided, okay, scrap that. Let me go for round two. And I went to um, S&D Underground. Used to be on um, Fulton wow. Street. Wow. And I, mall, yeah. yeah. And I saw the shirt. It was a big, oversized iceberg shirt. They were made in Italy, so the sizes were always too big. And I was a small dude, skinny dude at that time. 
So it was sitting on me kind of crazy. It was $200, $200 for a gray t-shirt, uh, gray shirt Ooh. with three images of uh, Pink Panther on it. So I bought the shirt. I got home. As soon as I walked in, I knew it was authentic, but I'm like, damn, I got got again, yeah. I got legitimately <laughs> got. So I was so embarrassed. I didn't want to wear the shirt. Like the shirt was mocking me sitting on my uh, bed. So I put it in the closet. And until this day, it's still in that closet years later. And the only reason I keep it is because I know at some point, little Jay is going to get to a point where he's chasing fashion and all that stuff. And I want to say, this is what you end up with. A piece of crap shirt that you uh, <laughs> you wasted your money on as a kid. You could have did so much with that money and you, uh, you're you going to waste it. So that's why I keep so it. I, I, just, I just imagine this like... It's like a movie, you know, you come out with a cane, uh, you ain't going to be that old, but you just like, you have like this, this thing wrapped up in something special. You just like, come, come sit down, little Jay. Let me tell you a story. And then you just like unwrapped it and like, the, the it's like, touch this. This is youth wasted. <laughs> it is true. It'll be a valuable life lesson. It's part of my legacy. Uh, speaking of fashion though. Yeah, uh, you sure it doesn't have like, like holes in it from like moss and No, shit? it's actually a high quality shirt and you would expect that for her. A two hundred dollars shirt, very very silky soft, but not worth the money at all. It still doesn't. By the way, I would up. just like to, I would huh? just like to point out this is not this is not a good trend for you. What? You say you basically got defrauded, yeah. And what you did is you doubled down. I and put did. more money into it, and that's why I'm okay. saying there there were three, there were four fashion mistakes I've made in my life. Um, <laughs> okay, let's uh, let, let's officially let's officially start this segment: the fashion mistakes of Jay's youth. So fashion mistake number one. <laughs> So let's call that one the most recent one. Um, the one before that, actually, you were there with me. Um, I got my first high-paying job. I don't even know, know if you want to call it that. But I got money. And I was hanging out with you when we went to that um, sneaker store. Oh, sneaker store? With oh, Bodega. Bodega. Yeah, yeah. Bodega. <laughs> I guess. I don't even know. They're still in business. Bodega. Like, got to pay for that placement. Got to pay for that placement. That place ended up being in the uh, the Wale video, remember? They they went there. Yeah, and it yeah. There. So we went there yeah, and I had to, used to yeah, because I used to live on that block. Yeah, yeah. So we uh, we go there. I'm looking around at all these shoes. I'm, I was never a big sneakerhead at all, but I felt like I had to do something reckless with this first paycheck because I never do that. <laughs> so I look around. I see these um, Air Max 360s. They were like these plain gray gray ones with these uh, blue checks on them, and they look cool on the stand. Um, I put them on. They felt a little awkward, but I'm like, yo, but these are the, the latest things. I got to get these. So I copped them, walked around. The, the feet were mad off. Like they weren't matching up. I think it was two rights. Like they tried to bend one of the rights and make them <laughs> into a left. Um, very uncomfortable. Hard to walk around with. I felt like I was too elevated, like I'm on platform shoes because they had that bubble <laughs> all the way around. Again, embarrassed by it. So I decided I would only use it for the gym. Wore it at the gym. And to this day, I think they're under my bed right now. Um, I don't wear them outside. I don't think I've ever worn them outside more than like six or seven times in my life. The how other you, story. Huh? How do you? Okay. What? The what? question I have is like, how do you have space for all this shit, dude? I don't own a lot of shoes. I'll wear shoes out, maybe two pair, just wear them, wear them out. And then I toss them out and I get a new one. But those shoes, again, are reminders of mistakes that I've made. So I try to keep <laughs> those around so I don't forget because history will repeat itself. Little Jay, go under the bed. Get the box <laughs> of shoes. All right, fashion mistake numero tres. You know what? This was actually not a fashion mistake. This was a lesson that I learned. Um, I was in middle school, and there was this girl that I thought was cute, and I had well, don't, on. Don't all these stories start that way? 
<laughs> no, actually. This no, is the first one, it. and I didn't learn that lesson, but you're very right. That's how they normally do, and that's another life they lesson. Do. So they I am. Um, Lil, Lil J, go get the yearbook. <laughs> I think I told this story before, but um, they used to be pumps. The pumps, which oh. were huge at the time. Reebok can, pumps. Reebok pumps. You could buy them. You could pump them up. I think, I forget who, who was the athlete that promoted them, but anyway. Was it like Sean Kemp? No, no. It wasn't. It wasn't. I don't even know. But um, very popular shoe. At the time, coming from a modest um, <laughs> upbringing, we couldn't afford those shoes. I met this girl. I thought she was really cute. She told me she liked sneakers. I decided that these were the coolest sneakers. So I'm going to buy these sneakers. Not for her, though. I'm going to buy them because all of a sudden oh. I need a new pair of shoes. So I can't afford those shoes and my family can't afford those shoes. So we got uh, the alternative <laughs> which were called the regulators. Um, and they were like the Payless version of the pumps. Um, put them on. I remember they were white with uh, ugly green and purple combination on them. I wore them the next day, feeling real, real proud of myself. And she looked at my shoes. She was like, those are not pumps. What are those? <laughs> Basically, <laughs> what, what are those? those of way back when? And um, I was like, oh, yeah, uh, the pumps, they're, they're at home. But these I like to wear out outside, you know, so... Um, she didn't believe that. And, uh, I decided that day that I would never change myself for women. That was my decision, at least in terms of fashion and being sociable and trendy, wow. but that was wow. the decision. And that was very young in life. That was middle wow. school. Definitely. That was an early, early lesson. I, wow. I'm impressed. Also pay less uh, is going out of business. Yeah. yeah well, it should, it should. <laughs> Burberry should go out of business too. Did you hear about Burberry with the uh, the noose, um, the noose yeah. strings around the hoodie? Yeah, yeah, we got so much to talk about with nooses. Is that yeah. the plural? It sounds like it should be like noose or something. Sounds like um, oh, uh, oh, that what, idiot. What is your talk about that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, fashion mistake numero quattro. Um, those were the three major ones, honestly, in my life. Um, outside of that, it's like buying some Hanes Nano shirts that shrink and they're too tight. Um, <laughs> I think I've I've done pretty well. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Did, did the shirt did the shirt shrink or did you get bigger? No. What happens is you get these. You don't get the pre shrunk ones. I got these nanos. I'm thinking, oh, Hanes, they're gonna they're gonna be straight. As soon as I put them in the wash, they get all tight in the armpits, and then I can't wear them anymore. So I toss them out. Yeah. Here's my yeah. I feel like I feel like this is everybody in the world can relate to this. Why can't white shirts stay white at the armpit? So no, no matter what you do, no matter what deodorant you change, yeah. no matter the bleach and the detergent you use, and then like all the like the white undershirts, they just get they just turn grimy after like three wears, they right? Do. Like not grimy, they just get that like yellow tint. Mm -hmm. I remember like I'm not gonna call this a fashion mistake at all, mm -hmm. but there was that time in uh in our younger years, mm -hmm. um high school mm -hmm. and where all you would do was you'd buy an expensive ass pair of jeans, expensive ass shoes, Tim's or, or sneakers if you or uptowns or whatever. Indeed. And then spend like six dollars <laughs> on like <laughs> your white like undershirts, right? And like and then I remember, yeah, I was that was back in the day when I was that school that job I had. So like I'd have like the work sneakers that I left at work, but I'd have like the uptowns. That I would wear to work with my version of expensive ass jeans. Mm -hmm. Again, wasn't doing that too, <laughs> too heavy. And then just like a pack of t-shirts. And we would just go out and get like packs of t-shirts yeah. all the time. 
It was just like, why did we think that was okay? That I mean, was it was fine. You're paying so much money for those jeans <laughs> and those sneakers. You can't stretch that into a shirt. No, I will. I will shout. Like, I actually, I think that style has come around because, like, now I get like t-shirts that are just like you know pretty cheap, but mm-hmm. like the money's in the money's in the other the other item. So, so yeah. Remember when Kanye was was selling his white shirts for like five hundred dollars? Oh, speaking of which, that dude was friends with the dude from Burberry that did the um. Of course he the, was the noose. Uh, of course he was. Of course he was. I, yet again, I don't want to talk about him, but he's an embarrassment. Um, say that yeah. again. Um. Yeah. So I mean, I didn't really want to start by talking about this, but <sighs> speaking of nooses, yes. um, and speaking of bleach, <laughs> speaking of. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, so I almost feel like I don't want to say his name. No, nah, don't like, say his name. Fuck everything he did was for attention. Yeah. And the fact that like we are talking about the dude who was in the Mighty Ducks. He was in the Mighty Ducks? Yeah. Really? Apparently. Wow. He was the black dude. <laughs> so <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. No idea. And apparently his whole like family is was like actresses and actors and I stuff. remember the the girl was on Full House, I think. That yeah. his sister, older sister, I don't know. But uh yeah, so, so yeah, I mean I mean I, you know I feel very strongly about mental health and everyone needs to get their shit checked out. Um this is just like it, if it's not some mental health issues, then my man is just not bright. Like he is just stupid. Yeah. It, it's just like who the fuck writes checks for anything? <laughs> Why would you write a check for a criminal enterprise? Yeah. Just, just dude. Like, it's like, I would imagine, first of all, that just shows you how old your man is. It's like, I would imagine him doing something. No, Venmo? Like, no. Venmo. Like Venmo. More fraud. <laughs> and put like an emoji of a noose. <laughs> and then like, yo, fuck. Yo, what's with the Nigerian dudes who want to do this? It's like, yo, there's always like, you know. Within our community, you know, African Americans, you know, versus Caribbeans versus Africans. It's like, yo, why Africans want to go put a noose on dude? Why, yeah, they, yeah. why didn't they be like, nah, nah? Also, for thirty five hundred. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's uh, like so many mistakes like, in this. It's like he went to the he went to the pay less shoe source of. <laughs> <laughs> like he couldn't afford the real the real fraud. So he just had to get like the the budget for it. <laughs> He's like, nah, nah, nah. The real noose is I'll, I'll leave it at home. This is this is the noose I, I take out in public. So the noose thing was weird. Um, it was dumb, but also apparently he had the noose around his neck and he was walking around with it. Why would you keep a noose around your neck unless you want somebody to see you walking around with a noose around your neck? Burberry just did it. <laughs> that is true. Maybe he was starting a fashion line, and if we just didn't give him enough time to explain himself. But the other thing was, yeah, this he, is like this hmm? is like the best viral marketing ever for his new fashion line. <laughs> so he tried to come out with a song, and uh, Taraji he had a, he put out an album. He put yeah. out a whole album. B. So what happened was when this whole thing happened, Taraji Henderson, I believe, came out and said, "Oh, we need to support his music. Um, he should get at least a million streams." Which is a weird time to plug a song when this major crime is happening. And then in the video for the song, there's like a guy, and standing in the in the background is a picture of a noose. So if you Really trying to make things accurate and really make it easy for the cops. You're making a lot of mistakes. <laughs> You're doing a lot of dumb stuff. Also, they had the two brothers on video 
buying their equipment at the same time, faces right in the camera. And it's not even like they're hiding it with some some towels or paper towels or like some aluminum foil pans. They're just buying the exact items they want and putting them right on the camera. <laughs> it's like it's like you go to Target. Yeah, this is like, I remember, <laughs> it's like a crazy, stupid story. Dude. Anyway, it was like, I think it was in college or whatever. And we was like moving into our house. Yeah. Went to like Target or Walmart or some mm-hmm. shit. So you just like buying whatever you need. And then, you know, back in the day, you you have dreams of having a lot of fun in college. So, you know, they may. So I think we went up to the register. It was like it was like a plunger, um, like some bleach a funny- and like a big and like a big ass box of condoms. Right? <laughs> and like I remember the woman behind us was there with her daughter, like and like held her daughter. <laughs> But it was like, yo, it's like you be, it's like whenever <laughs> this is a fucked up story. <laughs> but it's That's like, yeah, man, it, it's like you gotta, you gotta like hide your shit a little bit. You know? <laughs> it's like you go to, you go to a uh, Target or whatever, and you see a very attractive person, and then you see them buying like fucking big ass roll of toilet paper. It just kind of kills it. The mega rolls, you know? the mega rolls, <laughs> extra soft <laughs> or rough. <laughs> Yeah, man, this guy, I, I don't I don't get him. I really don't. And I think it does have to be psychological. They said that um, he was arrested a couple of years ago. He was about to be arrested for a DUI. And he gave he, his brother's, he gave name, his brother's so. name. So I don't know. And then the other thing was, was apparently he might have been- No, that's just, that's, just the R, that's just the R. Kelly defense method. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> that is very appropriate. Um, I know we said we wouldn't mention him again, but they're, don't, they're finding I new don't charges. They're finding new charges against him, so that's a positive thing. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, we won't follow that story. But um, back to just uh, that guy. That guy. <laughs> so what was so hilarious to me was he's doing all this stuff for attention. Um, so I'm watching New York News, uh, Fox News. I think the day that they figured out that he might have been lying about the whole thing, and again he's doing it for attention. The own the reporters for his network are still messing up his name. They were calling him. <laughs> I'm not going to say his name. But like you did all of this and they just showed a commercial for your show leading into the news and they still don't know who your name is. So I know. It's, it's like, yo, it's like, also when you're going to do something like, don't have a unique name. It's just like, it's like, <laughs> come it. on, B. It's like, I want, I want to like, uh, I just want to like sit bro down and just be like, all right, man. Um, <laughs> it's like, let's do this over. <laughs> It's like we should all give him a do-over. You know, you know, it's like mm-hmm. when a little kid like does something and you like turn around, and act like you don't see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's like we ain't see you do that. Go ahead, try it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Speaking of um interesting names, my Uber driver, his name was Bachuki. Uh we'll talk about that later. Why you give him his government? Why you give him his government? So back to him. Um it was wait, embarrassing. Wait, 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 what was that? Was that us trying to get like an Uber sponsorship? <laughs> I, take it as you will. I just thought it was a it was a funny name. We had a conversation yeah. about names. When we blow up and he hears this and he's trying to get his money. He could be like as <laughs> as seen on, as heard on. Yeah. Podcast. We're taking out we're taking out a year cut. We're paying it forward. Um this guy did though. You get, hmm. Did you give him five stars? I give everybody five stars. If you so so, this is great inflation. This is fucking great inflation, yo. Not everybody is five stars, but if you give four, then it's like oh. And then if you give three, they're like emailing you like, "What happened?" Nah, because it's like, too much effort. My point is this: like, you gave me a service. I just needed a ride. It would be the same as me asking a friend to give me a ride. I don't need charges and all that stuff. Just let me put on my seatbelt before you pull out. 
don't have any accidents and get me there in time and you get a five star. I know people get too too crazy with the stars. If you're giving a person a three, that means a lot to these over people. So you gotta guess. I know, that's what I'm saying. It's great inflation. Why yeah. have a five why have a five star scale when you're really only dealing with like between a four point five and a five? Because people have to feel like there is a bigger choice. It's like Uber damn, I can't even say these brand names. It's like that service where you order food in those same cars. And um, <laughs> they take pictures of um, this food and you're like, damn, that looks good. And you realize it's it's a crown fried chicken and just a really good photographer. Like you yeah, have man. to provide the the feel of of choice and opinion and you're getting the same crap pretty much. I was, uh, I was coming home the other night from a, an evening out and, you know, uh, uh, sometimes, you know, you're just like, you know, late night McDonald's might be good. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was raining though. And the, the fee... The delivery fee for McDonald's was nineteen ninety nine. I did what? not obviously. I did not do this, but because it was raining, I guess, and they didn't have enough drivers, the delivery fee for all the food was nineteen ninety nine. I was like, "You got to be fucking kidding!" What me. time was this? I don't know. Was, I don't know. It was raining though. It was like Damn. been crazy rain out here. But doesn't it always rain? Doesn't it rain a lot there? Yeah. No, really. Actually, it was like a drought. My first like oh, ma- seven years here. That is crazy. <laughs> I've my never first seen like that five years. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, uh, I totally cut you off what you were talking about, and it doesn't matter because we are gonna go into a serious topic for a second. What's that? All right, Black History Month is coming to an end. It uh, is. What are your What are your feelings on uh, on reparations? I've done some pre thought. <clears throat> I've done some pre thought. Reparations. Reparations. Um, Hmm. 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 I mean, I know what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that there was That's, that is what, that, what I'm asking for. No, I mean, there's there was a race that was started on unequal footing, and there's been a catch up phase that's been going on forever. And I think that some form of reparations does have to exist. I know people talk about affirmative action, and everybody hates on affirmative action, and blah 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 blah. But there has to be some way to get people on the same foothold as the sons and daughters of the politicians and lawmakers who go to high, uh, private school and, and do all right for themselves. Um, I see a lot of talent when I used to teach for kids who were very smart and might not have necessarily gotten the opportunities that were allowed to me. And my question is, why was I the only one out of my entire middle school singled out for the advancements I got based on my grades? There was somebody who I distinctly remember um, I got my offer for the private school as a result of my GPA. There was somebody who had a difference in GPA of temps of a uh, of a point, and they were second place, and the option was no longer available to them. So it just seems messed up to me that situations like that exist and institutionalized racism, and the fact that uh, we're still being held back in a more clever way. Um, do I think everybody should get a balance? As a form in the form of a check um, at the end of the year or during tax returns, no. But I think that more avenues need to be open for people. That's what I think. Did that sound good? That sounded real good. Oh, nice, nice. Man, that's, you put that educational work. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, no, nah, it's funny you, you said at the end about the check, right? Because like, if you live in Alaska, the government literally sends your ass a check. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is just because you went to go live someplace cold. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It's like so like if you buy a fucking house 
you get essentially a check from the government for buying a house mm. in the form of deducting the interest on your mortgage. Yeah. But like people want to hate on like Section 8 or like, you know, housing policies that make sense, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like every like every like person who has a good chunk of money spends a lot of fucking time trying to figure out how to pay less taxes. Yeah. It's like that's their own way of like taking a check, mm-hmm. right? So I think it's just like this hypocritical bullshit of America because like America was started by the losers, people they kicked out of England, (laughs) right? So it's like, it's like that classic human nature shit. Someone calls you a loser. You go someplace else and make your own group and you call somebody else a loser and like (laughs) keep going, keep going, keep going, right? It was like, it wasn't the fucking king of England coming here. It was like the motherfuckers he kicked out, you know what I mean? Um, So this whole fallacy of like, you did it yourself, you did it by yourself. The first people that came here didn't know how to live here. The people that were living here, the place you discovered, showed you how to live. So like this whole like American myth of like, you do it yourself and therefore you you can't ever help anybody else. Mm -hmm. um, It's like there's people to this day who are from different parts of the world who come here as immigrants on the sponsorship of somebody else right yeah and like but (laughs) it's like we were saying earlier it's like the in america there's always like a bottom the bottom has always been when you remember they exist like the indigenous people Mm -hmm. like that's so fucked up like you don't even like none of us even think about them because they block it out yeah like put them in the most uninhibitable land it's like here this is yours yeah um and then it's been like the descendants of slaves. Um, because even people that look like the descendants of slaves, if they come from someplace else, they eventually get to do better. And then they get to shit on the people who are the descendants of slaves. Mm. So like mm-hmm. it's like Africans, like in high education, most people of African descent are not American blacks. Right? Mm-hmm. They're like mm-hmm. of immigrants. And like we I think both of us have like one part of our family that's descended to slaves and one part of our family that's like immigrant, right? <laughs> so like even within us is always there. So I feel like this this like stratification we have and then like we just play it off and then we try and wrap ourselves around this like plurality of like, oh, we're all American. Like we're only all American when it's convenient. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's like when it's convenient as fuck. It's like, oh, Olympics, <laughs> America, like 9-11, like, yeah, we love yeah, each other. Yeah. But like- any other day so it's just like let's just like have some real talk and some recognition and then like i don't want to check yeah yeah like who who wouldn't want to check sure give me a check yo honestly pay for (laughs) pay for fucking therapy for every person who's a descendant of slave pay for the generational trauma like everyone gets free therapy you know like everyone because like this and and swim lessons um it's like this is the shit that like has been like messing us up forever and yeah institutionalized racism and just like blatant shit like we won't give you a mortgage if you try and live in this neighborhood but like just help people empower themselves man help people get healthy and like the way people can get healthy is like dealing with their own demons right because like yeah like drugs and all that shit yo it's just trauma yo and like this country has done nothing but traumatize descendants of slaves so like pay us back for that pay us back for that trauma Put us in therapy, <laughs> pay for that shit, and then like help us get our own shit out. And if you want to cut us a check, I ain't gonna say no. 
I'll take the money. But um, but yeah, man, I think reparation to me is just like recognition that we exist, recognition that is fucked up. And then like the best part of an apology, once you admit it, <laughs> is then say, how can I, how can I change? How can I help? So America is like that stubborn motherfucker that doesn't even want to say sorry. But when they do say sorry, it's kind of like under their breath, like, oh, sorry. It's like, that shit ain't sincerity. <laughs> it's like, please take a moment and say an authentic sorry, an authentic recognition, and then just be like, okay, how can we make sure this shit doesn't happen again? How can we make amends? An apology without amends is just lip service. So then what do you say to that younger um, member of a group that benefited who's like, that wasn't even me. Like, I didn't even do that. That was like my ancestors and I'm not that person. Why do I have to suffer or lose out on things because of something that they did? What's your answer yeah. to them? Yeah. To an, yeah. To an individual, it feels like a tragedy, but to a group, it's, it's all collect. It's, it's a collected benefit, right? Because yeah, your family might've come over like 20 years ago, but if they have a certain complexion, Things were much different for them. So yeah, you had nothing to do with slavery, but you are literally benefiting from the infrastructure been built by shitting on other people. All of us, like all of us, the infrastructure of like shitting on Native Americans, all of us are benefiting from, right? It was like, I didn't, I wasn't at the battle of Little Bighorn. No, I wasn't. (laughs) But like, like, can I recognize that? Like we did some fucked up things to that people? Yeah. Yeah. So... I think that's like a bullshit excuse. Like, it's like if you're walking by somebody in the street and they're bleeding, yeah. And you're like, oh, well, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't push them. <laughs> it's like, no, asshole. You still might want to like help them up. Help them up. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like I think that's normal. Um, yeah, I, I get people. People get it. So in South Africa, when they, you know, and not like they're a great example. But yeah, they were straight up like, yep, apartheid was fucked up. White people literally, white people lost their jobs. And for those white people, it sucked. Because <laughs> they're like, they're like, yo, we're giving this job to black people. Sorry. And like, if I'm an individual, I'm just like, what the fuck, B? It's like, I'm just like a normal dude. I'm just working. And my family, but yeah, your family came here however many years ago and was part of this. And unfortunately, like, Go go yell at your grandfather. <laughs> you know, don't go yell at me. Go yell at like the Spanish and the English and the Portuguese and everybody who brought us over here. Like that shit ain't on me, B. Yeah. If you're Scandinavian in America, you should be mad at those fucking <laughs> Portuguese from like four hundred years ago. <laughs> it's like, yo, we were just chilling in the snow. And then y'all come and fuck things up and now we gotta pay for it. Yep. Yep. That sucks. But yeah, I'm I'm also realistic. Shit's never gonna happen. Um, instead we'll get Black Lives Matters uh, placards in people's windows. So, we'll get what? You know, people, I walk around, I live in San Francisco, obviously. You walk around, people have like posters in their windows, like Black Lives Matter. I'm just like, thanks. <laughs> like, Support like, from that's like the equivalent like, of like, like, yeah, liking something on Facebook. You know what I noticed? Um, just yesterday, I was looking outside of this same window I'm looking out right now. And uh, this guy came by with these presidential seals on his car, one on the driver's um, car door and one on the bumper. And he came out and he had like a cowboy hat on 
Um, I don't want to prejudge him, but is this like the new MAGA? Like you want to come out with your official uh, classy MAGA? It's just you putting up a presidential sticker on there. So you don't have to really support Trump, but you support the presidency and the president's Trump. And... That's just corny, yo. It's fucking corny. <laughs> so, <you> yeah. Know, <laughs> yeah. So I can't even take that serious, yo. Like, <laughs> what the hell? A presidential seal. Like, all right. I mean, it's bad enough. I wear like a Yankees hat. I mean, it's like wearing some stupid like brand or something yeah. else. Whatever, yo. <laughs> yeah, I, I I do also want to take a moment to lighten things up for a minute. What's up? So I hated on on English people a few weeks ago, mm. <laughs> and you know, I, I and I just kind of hated on them now. Um, but I had a moment the other day. I was walking through the office, and they were playing. Uh, I think Portishead was playing. Uh, I was okay. like, yeah, 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 I love me some Portishead. Mm-hmm. So, uh, proposal for this week's playlist: British artist that uh, that got some soul. Not soul, like Adele. Not we ain't doing that debate. But British artists that British artists that prove that this podcast does not hate British people. Okay, gotcha. Portishead. Okay. Massive Attack. Okay. Uh, Radiohead. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Tricky. Okay. Uh, I mean, I could keep going, but you could you could feel free to. I'll uh, I'll work uh I'll work from there. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I realized like Sade, of course, of course, um, Idris Elba, aka uh, me. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's got a song. Okay, he has a song. <laughs> um, Mark Morrison. Return mm, of the Mac. My mother's mm-hmm. number two favorite song. Uh, your mom's. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an R. Kelly song. Karaoke. It's next, too close, and it's Return of the Mac. And follow me. Now I want to put follow me on there too. Wait, fo- who makes follow, follow me? Follow me. Why don't you follow me? <laughs> oh. Wow, this is a lot of singing. <laughs> is that? I don't think that's British. Dude. It's not. Who makes but follow? um. But not, don't put it on the playlist. I think it <laughs> might be British. This is not that guy singing this is not, accent. I'll look that. This up. is not Jay's Jay's mother's. I think <laughs> his name was um his name was anonymous. If I'm not mistaken, he had some weird name. Uh, I want to say it was anonymous. I'll look it up. I'll see if he's not. I'll kick him off the list. All right. I mean, I think we already put Amy Winehouse on another list. But should we put Amy Winehouse? Uh, no, nah, she got some shine. She got some shine. She already got yeah, some yeah. shine. All right. Um. In my in my in my more angry days, Prodigy. Oh yeah, I was just thinking about that song. <laughs> I was like, how could that song have gotten that far and that popular in this but, climate? But, but you, but you remember the video? The yeah. video was it was like they flipped it. It was like it yeah. was a woman saying it. It was like okay, well I guess that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. I feel like there's a relation back to the fraud that we won't speak of, but mm. I can't can't think of a connection there. Uh, people want to know how's your hairline? How's it growing back? It's it's returning. I was actually going to go to the <laughs> people asking. Is it a, is it a is it a return of the Mac? Uh yeah, uh, to an extent. Uh, <laughs> uh, see what I did there. That was a uh, that was a stretch, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll it take was, it. It was. So I am. Um, so it's coming in. I'm going to wait one more week and then I'll get it cut. Um, also, my barber, my current dedicated barber, to note it. Somebody else cut my hair. And fucked it I up. Because then he'll he'll do that passive aggressive, like, oh, they they cut in here? They did that. It's okay. like 
it's like smelling cologne on it's like i assume if mrs j would have smell yeah. uh perfume or cologne on you it'd be like yo what, what's what's this <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna look at your line like what i don't this is not my work <laughs> yeah so one more week. Yo, what's your, what's your excuse going to be? It's like, yo, I'm sorry. You know, I had a, I had to go to a funeral. You wasn't around. I'll probably just blame me and be like, oh, I tried to do it myself or some some crap. But um, I'll be good by. I'll be good in a week. So we'll find out next week. All right. I feel like we should have. Uh, I feel like we should have Mrs. J just giving a, an objective opinion instead of you self describing how good how good your hairline. <laughs> Um, I don't warrant that type of hate on a Sunday afternoon, so I'm not going <laughs> to allow that. But the, the words, they cut and, um, I'm still suffering from those wounds the day I walked in all happy. You know, when you come in all happy about something, like you come in, like having a good day talking to mad people and then you get to your office and they're like, yo, you got a, got like a booger in your like, nose. Um, it was like, <laughs> your fly, you're, you're like your flies open. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, damn, all that. So yeah. Are you the type of person that tells somebody? Always, always. Because you know what? It's funny. We had a conversation like that back in high school. And I remember we both came to the consensus that a person who will tell you that stuff is somebody who's really looking out for you. A person who's going to yeah. be like, yo, your breath is kind of hot right now. Take this mint. Or you got you got some stuff in your nose. Go to the bathroom. The person who doesn't, I feel like it, it wants to see you to some small extent fail because it doesn't take much to say... Um, you know, you have a little bit of something right there. And I know you want to spare the person's feelings, but would you rather them go through the whole day, get home and then find out, mm-hmm. oh, you had like some crazy stuff going on. I pointed this out to a lady at work. Um, she had a little bit of dandruff. Everybody gets it. It's cold weather or whatever. I get it. Um, but I just had to say something because um, it was a lot. And <laughs> I just wanted her to know because like I said, we've everybody's been there at some point. So just let them know. Uh-huh out for them and she's she's people she's a good person so i, I told him yeah because like when you get home and you still have that piece of kale and your teeth yeah. you're just like i had that salad at 11 30 how you, many fucking people I me? exactly <laughs> exactly i always think that and i always think differently of the people who didn't tell me to an extent so do it yeah tell people right. yeah i think there's also something to be said about it only takes 10 seconds yeah is it yeah. is a slightly uncomfortable 10 seconds just stop so this is how you do it. Blah, blah, blah. Hey, so let me just pause you one second. You got something you too. Yeah. All right, yeah. go ahead. Oh, you're, you're good. That's go it. ahead. That's it. You just hit pause. You help them out. And you keep going. Mm-hmm. Like reparations. <laughs> hit pause. Oh, we fucked up. Ooh, full circle. We good now. The finish. Let's keep going. Nice. Instead, you fucking dance around it forever. <laughs> it's like, now nah, everyone's uncomfortable. <laughs> It's like, then they're going to come back and talk to you again later in the day. And you're going to be like, oh, shit, it's still there. <laughs> and then, then then you can't say anything. Because <laughs> then it's like, well, now they're going to know that, that you, you knew, knew earlier. You didn't say anything. Exactly. Didn't say anything. So just spare yourself all of that and just, just tell people. Yeah. Radical honesty. Radical honesty. That should be the title. Oh, yeah. speaking of radical honesty. um, Let me, hold on. Give me one second. Let me bear myself. Okay. Uh, Green Book starring Mahershala Ali. Uh, got it. Um, so it turns out that that whole story was written from the perspective of the Italian driver's son. He wrote the book. Of course. And I thought, like I told you before, I think the last time we were talking, it seemed weird that this black dude didn't know how to eat chicken because chicken is like, there's no instructions needed. It's, it's chicken. It's its own handle, you know? So um, 
they had that whole scene and that was the biggest scene that they had in the trailer and blah, 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 blah. turns out that they spoke to the brother of the guy. I think his name was Dr. I forget his name, Dr. Something, Silver or Silver or whatever. Um, he said there was no way that this guy taught my brother how to eat chicken. That doesn't even make sense. He said that they made it seem like the Italian dude was putting him on to um, like black issues in America. He was like, that's weird because my brother was friends with Martin Luther King. So I don't know why you're saying this. They said that the Italian dude put him on to black music. He was like, that's weird because my brother was friends with Nina Simone and Sarah Vaughn. So where is this coming from? So I feel like what happened was this Italian dude thought he was teaching this black dude stuff that he already knew, went home and felt so proud of himself, patted himself on the back and told this long story to all his friends about how he taught a black person in America how to eat fried chicken and listen to soul music. And that story he kept on repeating to this kid and this kid became an author and was like, let me tell my dad's story. And it just got ripped apart. So, um, so, but, but here's what I'm going to say. If that story inspired somebody to be less of an asshole, even if it was fabricated, Mm -hmm. is it, is it okay? That's what you always ask me, right? That is true. That is true. On my, my rants, right? I think for the record, for the record, I still think it's bullshit yeah. like that. He's going to make this money. And it's that classic like white savior thing. Yeah, but exactly. If it, if it's a parable, right. Is that, is that, is that the right word? It's like, it doesn't have to be exact, but it's like, it leads you in the right direction. Like the Bible. Um, I guess you're right. I, I, you're right. I hear where you're coming from. I hear what you're saying. If, if it makes, if it warms some white person's heart and he doesn't, you know, call the cops on his neighbor for sitting on the stoop, then yeah, I guess it does. Um, but it also reinforces that idea to people who view those movies and then do nice things afterwards that we were always nice. We were always helping you guys out. You know, we were just trying to yeah. pull you up. Um, yeah, I remember we talked about this back in 2008, you know, that November morning after the historic night, mm-hmm. everyone's smiling and like giving a high five and oh, stuff. Yeah, it's just like, uh, I didn't like vote for bang. him. I didn't do it. It wasn't me. I told you, I told you my roommate at the time, <laughs> Yeah, he was a good dude. Yeah. Uh, but the next morning, he was like, congratulations. <laughs> I was like, he told you congratulations? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I oh, I'm like, my bad. I'm thinking, I'm thinking we're talking about this dude. You said 2008. My bad. 2008? Yeah. Yeah, 2008. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. My roommate the next morning congratulated me. Mm. You win. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you got this one, He's like, you're happy now? You're happy now? <laughs> now can you can shut we stop up? It with, can we stop it with the 40 acres and a mule? <laughs> <laughs> yeah what is the what is the equivalent i think the equivalent of 40 acres in a mule in san francisco in the year 2019 is like a one-bedroom condo and a prius it's like a one-year uber pass and uh a bathroom in san francisco maybe yeah probably. double bath yeah that yeah that's a, yeah to, to whatever black economist is out there reading this please do the inflated uh what is the current value of 40 acres and a mule promised to us it was at 1865 mm-hmm. <laughs> what is that in 2019 equivalent i'm sure somebody's done that i'm gonna look that up yeah i'm sure like i think so because like a mule is like it wasn't a horse mm-hmm. you know so it was gonna get you it was gonna help you and it was more about work than getting you places so maybe that's like you know like a lifetime metro card mm-hmm. 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 And the 40 acres was supposed to be like a little bit of self-sufficiency mm-hmm. and like a place to live. So maybe that's like 
uh, one floor of a brownstone like in a, Brooklyn with a, a garden, a shared garden, maybe. Yeah, with a with a with a food cart that you could sell something outside. <laughs> hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take that. Actually, <laughs> yo, I'll take the lifetime metro card. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, man. Um, you can't pay for these these rides all the time. I was thinking about this, and this has nothing to do with what you were just talking about, but we were talking about food at some point. Do um, racist Texans eat Tex-Mex in Texas? Yeah. Do you yeah, think? Yeah, because they, they say it's because they, they, cause they just- They added their text. flavor to it? Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're like, we made it good. Because definitely like beans and rice and stuff and, and spices and flavors. I don't yeah, think that well, comes from know. the tech side of it, but- uh, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's always funny. Is like on on both sides, right? Like on the left, on the right, whatever. You find out somebody did something, you want to like protest their shit. It's just like uh, if you were gonna protest everybody's everything, like you couldn't eat anything, you wouldn't have you nothing, walk yeah. anywhere, you couldn't do anything. Yeah. So, yep, I think it's horrible child labor, but I am probably wearing multiple clothing pieces of clothing made in China. Yeah, everybody's messed up. Um, everybody's screwed. And, and yeah, it's like, you could be like that Brooklyn company, you know, trying to be biodegrade. Like, it's just, the world is so intertwined. Like you basically would be walking around that burlap, burlap sack from the Bushwick, uh, food delivery place. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and even then it'll probably be like, it wasn't organically grown burlap. That was like the, uh, Killer Mike, um, series on Netflix. He decided he was only going to buy black and he was limited in his choices and then he couldn't buy weed cause he couldn't buy from a, uh. A black dealer because he couldn't find one. So, you know. What do you mean? Huh? <laughs> this is a story from, uh, so it was, I think it was high school. It must have been. I went to the Puerto Rican Day Parade in New York with um, uh, two of my friends mm-hmm. who are half Puerto Rican. Mm-hmm. And when, you know, Fifth Avenue, whatever, crowds, crowds, nothing but Puerto Ricans for miles, mm-hmm. literally. That's not an exaggeration. These two white kids come up to me mm. and ask me if I have weed. <laughs> I have a similar story. Keep going. And I, I was just like, I'm not trying to be stereotypical at all. There's nothing. There's millions of Puerto Ricans. <laughs> you find the one black dude you could find and ask me if I'm selling weed. Mm. Maybe they were like, he should. He doesn't want to be here. He's only here for for the business. Mm-hmm. It was like, no, I'm here to support my people. I'm yeah. here to support my Puerto Rican people. There's some black Puerto Ricans out there. Come on. There's lots of black Puerto Ricans. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I don't I don't think I don't think they came to me thinking I was a black Puerto Rican. I think they just found the darkest dude. Because <laughs> like yeah. also like I don't smoke and I like it's just like there's like nothing about me that says weed. Hmm. Maybe maybe my white t shirt. <laughs> maybe the white t shirt I was rocking. So yeah, so that uh, happened. To I don't me. know why I told that story. Apparently, it hasn't twenty plus years. That shit still pisses me off. So I got the same story. I there used to be a place um, in Manhattan where you could watch, you know, like the three week old movies, three dollars. I forget the name. And mm-hmm. I went in with my friends, and we come out busy street, diverse street um, in Manhattan. And these two random white girls walk up to me, and they're like, uh, "Excuse me, do you know where we could get some weed?" And I just act like I had no idea what they were talking about. I was like, well, what is this? What is weed? What are you looking for? What is this? Like, what is it? And they eventually got discouraged and they went away. But full circle on some full circle stuff. Just yesterday, I was watching this movie. I don't know if you've heard about it called um, White Girl. 
Did you hear about that movie? <laughs> no. Okay. So it's um. I don't know how I ended up on this. I was trying to watch some movies. I ended up watching this one, and it's about this girl. It's told through the story of the director's experiences in, I want to say, Spanish Harlem. She was going to school in New York. She decided she couldn't afford the rent in the fancy areas she was supposed to stay at. So she goes to Spanish Harlem. I'm pretty sure it's Spanish Harlem. And one day she- I feel my blood, feel my blood pressure rising so, already. But so one day she's um, she's hanging out with her friends in their little bubble in Spanish Harlem in their apartment. And they decided they need some weed because they run out. So she looks across the street and she sees these um, Puerto Rican dudes hanging on the block. And she comes over to them and does the exact same thing that happened to us. She walks over and she's like, oh, do you know where I can find some weed? And then they say, why would you assume we have weed? That's not right. You're, you're, you're being prejudiced and blah, 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 blah. And they scare her off and they end up calling her back in. They uh, give her some weed. The dealer she initially hooks up with or meets with and talks with, they end up hooking up on the roof. Um, he ends up buying. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell a little bit of this plot. I'm about to say, this, I'm, I'm, like this. This is like this whole thing is just like. Oh, so yeah, I'm, it, it I'm plays a, on every time. every level. Like you could have predicted everything that happens, but essentially what happens is, uh, does she get pregnant? No. Does she no. get pregnant and have to decide what to do with the baby? <laughs> no. So long story short, uh, the guy starts selling drugs. She realizes that they can charge a markup, and she can he can make more money selling drugs through her networks. So she's the funnel to funding the drugs. So they charge like triple the amount. They're doing well. They get cocky and they're like, oh, so let's go to more of these white parties and sell drugs. Turns out bad for them because the dude ends up getting a kilo fronted to him. Um, He gets arrested. Girl doesn't get charged at all. Girl decides that she's going to get a lawyer to get him out of jail. Never gets charged for a crime. She's walking around with a a kilo of cocaine selling three, three quarters of it for exorbitant amount of money. She's running a club. She's raising money, I think like $24,000 to get the dude out of bed, out of jail. At the very end of the movie, he gets out because of the work that she's done. Again, she never gets charged with anything, even though she's an accessory. Um, towards the end, they threaten her with being an accessory, I believe. Um, she gets the guy out of jail. He ends up defending her against the drug dealer he got the key from that he couldn't pay back. He ends up beating that guy to death and realizes that she lied about returning the kilo when he went to jail. And he goes right back to jail again. And then what does the girl do at the end of the movie? She decides, oh, maybe I should go back to school and just stay in my little bubble in Manhattan and just just be a student. And she gets off scot-free. And the movie ends with her going back to class and returning back to her her lifestyle. And the dude is in jail for life now. It's basically like orange is a new black plus like, and this should actually happen. Yeah. Like, right. And, like, and they talk about it in the movie. That's the thing that up it is how you could have. And that's a, yeah. Yeah. It's like, we grew up, but we th- grew up with some people who, it was funny though. Right. Cause like, it was like, oh, you know, we went to a private school and it was a good school or whatever, but you know, privilege mm-hmm. and Absolutely. teenage years, yeah. we were probably the dudes that were like least likely like, I ain't trying to fuck up my scholarship. Are you kidding me? Oh, no. It's like, my, my dad's not a judge. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, man. I think I think I'm, the biggest mistake of that movie was the fact that they were telling it from this girl's perspective who got close to the flame, didn't get burnt, and then got out alive to tell her story and ultimately make a movie about it down the road to some degree. Of course. But um, why wouldn't you tell it Ar- from the story? Literally, like, Ar- yeah. Orange is the New Black, Martha Stewart, like Crazy. all this stuff, man. It's like- yeah, man. Aren't we sick of that story, though? Like, obviously not, because it goes back to Green Book, right? It's that like 
that that little bit of savior, that little bit of like close to danger, that little bit of like, don't worry, I know. Mm. You know, it, it's like, it's like I was exposed to it. I know the streets. Um, you know, it's like is that is that young teacher coming out of Teach for America? You know, no hate to, for Teach for America. Mm. I had a lot of friends that did mm-hmm. it, but it's like, so I dated a woman for a summer. Um, well, I don't know, a couple weeks, but um, she, she, uh, she, <laughs> uh, you might remember this. She was uh, uh, how do I say this without giving too much away? Um, she was living in Harlem. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it was like, why is I never hang out in Harlem? It was like, oh, you must be dating a white girl. Yeah, yeah. yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, like she taught in like the hood, mm-hmm. like, like really did, and uh, and you know, I worked in education, and we had met through this like education thing, or whatever. And she literally said to me, like, we were talking. This is early before we started dating, and I had to like have a little conversation, and you know, I was telling her about like. We went to school, this private school, scholarship, all this stuff. And she says, she's like, oh, you're a unicorn. And I was like, what? Mm. She's like, oh, in the academic literature, like you're considered a unicorn. And I was just like, or you could just call me by my name. Yeah, my name is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like, it's like, I'm glad you have your academic literature and I am now confirming what the academic said. Mm-hmm. Or it's just my life. It uh, is like, uh, yeah. Um, you speaking to teaching. So, you know, I used to. Teach, and I remember being in a classroom where there was a debate going on. There were maybe like five minority slash majority um, people in the class, and the rest was, you know, the majority. Um, and we were having this debate, and I found it interesting because the the argument was: Do I go to a school that's inner city? And support those kids, or do I go into a school that's going to have the future leaders of the community and teach them instead, so that it can trickle down? And I, I, I was crazy surprised that the majority of the classroom, the classroom, said that they would do the latter. And I get it, but um, I don't know. I've seen teachers fail coming in with that great white hope syndrome and get chased out of classrooms, get death threats and all sorts of crazy stuff. But I don't know, from an educational standpoint, to just bypass the generation of people who are going through it, to focus on the people who are going to be all right, regardless, always rubbing the wrong way. But to hear it from my people saying the same thing at that point, it was weird too. It was a weird classroom to be in. Because they don't want to put the work in, right? And that's like the whole fallacy of like trickle-down economics. It's like... Or you could just like uplift the bottom or you could just make the gap less big. Yeah. You know, it's like, because if you get too high up, the shit never trickles down to the bottom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know it's I mean? not, it doesn't make it there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like sometimes it snows in the mountains, but it doesn't snow on a sea level because <laughs> a lot of shit happens in between. Yeah. yeah. A lot of shit happens in between. So as the top has gotten, yeah, I sound like a, like whatever AOC right now, like run for Congress <laughs> on this. But like as the top gets higher and higher and higher, that shit is not trickling down the same way. It's like, this is simple. You don't need to be smart. All you have to do is like, have ever spilled a glass of water. Mm. It's like, this shit is like not logical. Yeah. Like, um, but it's all good. Cause I, I think the, the you know, sh- I never want to be in a classroom. Like Lord knows I should never be in a classroom. So shout out to anybody that 
does that goes into that vocation, that profession. You're underpaid, you're underappreciated. Yeah, definitely I hear you. Um, but this is like earlier, it's like walking around San Francisco, people have Black Lives Matters posters in their window. I'm pretty sure they're the same fucking people that take the kids out of private school, Absolutely. take the kids out of public school. Absolutely. And the same ones that say, oh, I can never raise my kids in the city. Mm-hmm. Same ones. Mm-hmm. So you you want Black Lives to matter, but you don't want to be near it. Yeah, but do it you over don't there. Be, <laughs> you don't want to be near Black Lives. Yeah. You don't want your kids to be near Black Lives. Except for that little, like, little token of mouth that spice up the uh, the classrooms. Yeah. Yeah, when when you want to be on the on the traveling basketball team, yeah, <laughs> you know. But but here's the thing: like San Francisco is literally a city. Cities are made not to be homogenous, mm-hmm. but then people self-select out. So you know, like every and I I know it's hard because no one want everyone wants to believe in something in theory, but they don't want their kid to be the martyr. Yeah, they're like exactly. I don't want my kid to suffer. Exactly. I've gone to enough private schools to know that not every kid that goes to private school is smart. Very true. So like. Very true. <laughs> so, like, so, like, yes. Are there more resources? Yes. Is there perhaps more of a chance? Maybe. And that's what I'm saying. And when, <laughs> but like, if you, when you, if your kid is actually smart, your kid's gonna be smart no matter where the fuck you put them. Yeah. And that's where the fear comes in because all of a sudden you realize maybe your kid isn't going to get there academically. But damn, I'll be damned if I lose my spot to let somebody yeah. who's capable come in and fill that out. Because then what happens to me? And then the point is, yeah, that's exactly where yeah. we're at right now. That's what we're telling. I mean, that's literally that's literally us. We took away some like rich kids spot technically at our at our private school. True. You know? But you know what? Like and I love our high school, but um <laughs> you know <laughs> like everyone got into college. Yeah. Everyone because yeah. that's just what you did. Um not everybody finished. <laughs> not everyone finished in four years. True. That that people finished and still struggling, right? So so if they add up all the money their parents put into their private school, mm-hmm. who's to say the outcome actually changed? That is true. But I do think for us, the outcome did change it because like change. Yeah, like literally like certain like certain schools, certain jobs, certain opportunities wouldn't even come near us. Yeah, eyes perk up. When I was first starting out, up. when they hear names of the schools and all that stuff, um, yeah. collateral yeah. matters. So are you going to, you know, make it a little personal? You don't have to talk about it if you don't. Well, how do you think about Lil J? How do you think about the schools you want to put him in? So um, I think that I just had this conversation with a coworker because, again, back to Killer Mike, he was talking about how um, he didn't think that segregation in some aspects was such a bad thing. And he talked about schooling and um, how maybe at that age kids should develop essentially what I was saying. I think that you need to develop a sense of self before you go into those environments. And I went to a predominantly, predominantly black school. It wasn't even black and Hispanic, predominantly black school in Bed-Stuy for the majority of my life. Um, It was when I was 14 that I got into the private school that we both uh, went to. And as soon as I got there, you know, why do you comb your hair? Do you rap? Are you in a gang? Do you play basketball? Um, so, wait, wait. Somebody asked you if you was in a gang? Yeah. Yeah. Which dumbass? I'm not going to put that on record. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, because I kn- why, wow. why, um, remember the little girl, why is this black guy <laughs> sitting next to this black girl hugged up? Like, why are you sitting together? All that crap hits you when you're 14. I think you need to develop a true knowledge of who you are as a person, as a black person, before you go into those environments, because if you get that brainwashing too young, where people are constantly telling you you don't speak the right way and do the right things the right way, 
it will mm -hmm. wear on you. So I had a cousin, she's about eight years younger than me. When I was in high school, um, her family was considering her bringing her into school. They asked me my opinion and I gave them the very same one. And I still believe that that's true. Um, so here's the thing though. I don't think it's just age. I think it, it has to do a lot with like your own maturity and that's your true own too. emotional. That's true. Because I went to college and grad school with black and brown kids who still didn't have enough of a sense of self and was still like clinging to like their identity too hard. Mm. And it's a bit harder in your mid twenties yeah. to not know how to integrate. That's true. I saw that happen to a girl in college. I saw the day that she realized there was racism. Uh, we were in class. <laughs> it was a black studies class. She went to all of her schools were predominantly white from like birth on up. She went to some experimental school in like Colorado in the mountains. Again, she was the only um, black female there. We get into this black studies class and we're going through the idea of institutionalized racism. And then one day she comes in and she's like, uh, professor, like it's, it's crazy. Um, ever since this class, I, I watch the news and I see, I see what's, what's going on. I see what you're talking about. And my question is, how do you turn it off? Like, I just see it every day. And the professor's like, uh, yeah, it's going on every day. Like this is, this is the world. Like he, she had her, she had her Jordan Peele moment. She did. She, she did. <laughs> but it was so crazy to see because we're in our 20s at that point. And, um, yeah. and you live, you're in Boston right now. So, uh, but I see, I see it in the other way too, where like people were so just clinging to the black community so much mm. that they actually didn't know how to. So, like, you know, the grad school I went to, like, there aren't a lot of us. Um, so, if you're clinging to a community that's so small, that's like that's that's a problem in itself, mm -hmm. right? Like any any type of community um, becomes limiting in its perspective. But if all you can bring up, and like this is where the stereotypes of like angry black person or whatever comes up, because it's just like, yeah, you have every right to be angry. Yeah. At some point, you have to learn how to deal with yeah. that, right? So like, if you haven't learned, like, when someone asks you, "Do you comb your hair?" or "Why do you comb your hair?" You have to learn to work through that at some point so that the next time you get it, you're just like, you're not like stopped, mm -hmm. like dead in your tracks. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have that experience like in your mid 20s or even like 18, 19, 20, like, like college, like, you know, somebody we both know who became extra black <laughs> later in, uh, in life. Mm. And it was like, I, and part of me was like, okay, well, I hope he goes through this now. Yeah. But it was like real heavy, like it was almost like a pendulum swinging too far the other way. Who are we talking about? Uh, I edited it out. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, true, 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 true. Yeah, it was like a pendulum swung. Man, yeah. we keep uh, yeah. was wrong. We had another, uh, <laughs> I would say, alumni who um, got into a very good school, went to our school tried to keep the same energy when she got to that school and ended up on a, a crime show for oh yeah stuff. and she was smart oh, but she was smart but she but she was a fraud though she was a fraud the whole time she was like your man jesse smollett <laughs> <laughs> like like honestly because like she remember she got that prestigious scholarship yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. and got written up yeah and it was all it was all it, oh you know what it's exactly like right. when people want you to succeed so much they see past the bullshit. Mm -hmm. So it was like that. Like it's like Theranos, gotcha. a company out here. Gotcha. It's like this woman went to one year of college, took like two biology classes, and started telling people she's going to change the world. 
And like everyone who's a scientist is like, no, that's literally not possible. <laughs> she gets nine billion dollar yeah. valuation, like because everybody wanted that narrative of a female makes good, yeah, 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 entrepreneur, self made billionaire, all this shit. And it's like, again, similar to your man Jesse Smollett. I'm just gonna say his name. Um, it's like, hopefully, people aren't be like, see, told you. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, no, there's like one idiot of the bunch, but the real idiot is everybody else who didn't just like ask common sense questions. Yeah, definitely. So like, you know, it's like uh, people gonna be like, you know, you can't trust skinny blonde women who say they're going to change the world. Don't give them any funding. Like, no, they, hopefully they're just going to be like, no, that was just one idiot. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I hope I don't get sued for libel or whatever, but I, I'm just going to call it an idiot. Yeah, she did. Um, Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so like one, we're not all the same. We don't all represent each other. In the same way, it's like R. Kelly, he's just an asshole. Mm-hmm. He just happens to be a black asshole. Yeah. It's like I ain't gonna get on his on his train just to support him just because he's black. Um yeah. in the same way, like just because Jesse Smollett is an idiot who writes checks when he's committing fraud. <laughs> like, I can't even find my checkbook B. <laughs> And like your man is making tons of money. Why does he have a checkbook? Why doesn't he have a personal accountant or like? Well, they said he did this thing because he he thought he wasn't getting paid enough on the show. Sixty five thousand dollars an episode. Oh, are you serious? That's what he was getting paid. Wow. Sixty five thousand dollars an episode. Jesse. Damn, yeah. <laughs> damn, I didn't know it was like yeah, sixty five thousand dollars an episode. You still walking around with a checkbook? <laughs> Yo. <laughs> And he's from a Hollywood family. I feel like somebody would have trained him in this. I don't know. I don't know. Yo. I'm sick of this dude. Yo. Yeah. Uh, all right. What have we learned today? We learned <laughs> it's high. tiring, yeah. <laughs> Being in this country, watching the news. <sighs> um, we learned that fried pickles, do not let them charge you that markup for the fried pickles. It's a damn pickle. We learned, we learned that Uber is inflating the star system. Mm. No point in having five stars if you're only going to deal with two. Also, don't trust that Uber photo. Those are professional photographers. It is crown fried chicken. <laughs> Don't do it. Uh, that's true. Do not pay nineteen ninety nine for the delivery fee. It's never worth it, no matter how drunk you are. Very true. You'll be you'll be hungry in the morning. And you could walk to someplace. <laughs> also, if you're gonna buy uh, incriminating things at uh, your major big box retailer, make sure you surround it with other things. Mm, so, always, yeah, always, always. Um, it's really your decision whether or not you want a biodegradable um recyclable vibrator that's on you uh we also learned that um reparations are a very uh tricky subject but it all comes down to uh acknowledgement of past mistakes and then really giving a fuck to try and make it better yeah i like that yeah i like that yeah um, Probably learned some other shit too, but maybe we end, maybe we ended on that on that on that smart note. Yeah, I'm sure we talked about some other stupid. Oh, we also learned <laughs> that you should not double down on stupid investments by buying two iceberg shirts, one bootleg, one real. Yes, and we learned that you should learn from that mistake and then pass it on to the listening viewers so that they don't make those mistakes. The listening viewers? It sounded good in my head. See, we should have ended yeah. a second ago, but you want to keep it going. <laughs> now I'm already like out of the, the podcasting mode, but uh, <laughs> we can edit. Shout out, shout out to Little J making noise in the background. Always. You know, special, special guest, Always. Little J. All right. Well, I think, uh, I think we're good for this week. We are. Good talk.
All right. One. One.